If you're still on the hunt for a sports book to call home, bet the nonstop action of March Madness with my bookie. Enter bracket contests for a chance to take home prizes of up to $25,000 or pick from a huge selection of straight bets, props, and odds boosts. Whatever your style, MyBookie makes it easy to play your way and get paid. Sign up now and take advantage of our generous welcome offer to score a massive first deposit bonus of up to $1,000. All you have to do is claim promo code MADNESS50. But the fun doesn't stop there. Get up to the minute odds, free bets, and expert predictions to help you decide who to put your money on. The best part about MyBookie? You can bet on anything, anytime, from anywhere. Use promo code MADNESS50, that's MADNESS50, to secure your limited-time welcome bonus today. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Number two, Jeff Cameron Show, 93.3 Real Talk Radio or Chant TV. It is great to be with you. Happy New Year, everybody. Hope you're well. Thanks for joining us. Excited to be back. You know, I have to say, by the way, also like and subscribe if you're watching a War Chant TV. Appreciate that. Helps others find the show. I, I have to say, I thought, I don't know what your impression was. Obviously, both games turned out to be uh, boring. As expected, I thought the Rose Bowl game was great. It turned out to be a lot of fun to watch. Kind of felt bad for Utah there. They had that thing, and then uh, obviously uh, you watch yet another superstar emerge. Not shocked, given his last name and prodigy, that he emerged the way that he did. But uh, Ohio State's receiving room, they, <laughs> that segment group, I called it the best in the country at the start of the season, and it it is. It's the present-day uh, LSU in college football. It's because crazy. LSU had a run there. Jamar Chase just decided to win a football game over the Chiefs yesterday, and that was Jamar Chase. Burrow did okay, but Jamar won about three or four footballs that you just go, oh, my word, what are you doing? I love Joe Burrow. I loved him when he came out, loved him at LSU, loved him uh, when he was drafted. I thought, man, that's the right guy. Said as much on the air. There's a there's the right amount of talent and brash uh, confidence uh, coupled with um, you know due diligence right like the work ethic that you need all it's all there it's all there that dude's gonna well he already did it they just won the division and remember he got ripped at the start of the season when they asked about you know trying to get that franchise back to playoff form and he said well the easiest way to get to the playoffs is to win the division and everybody was like well calm down young man he's like no. Also, that front office told everybody where to go because it was offensive line. You've got to get an offensive lineman. Why would you? Dra- I know that they played together in college. Why would you draft Jamar Chase? And he's like, this is why. This is why. Yeah. That's why. Well, that was actually the most surprising part about that game yesterday is that they were able to block it up. But but back to this for a second. We'll get back to the college football playoff. Yes, the wide receiver room in Ohio State is absurd and that won them that game, and it's you know something to behold. Uh, th- as far as the playoff games go, you know, we, we touched briefly on Georgia hammering Michigan, that game really not competitive. I thought Alabama-Cincinnati was competitive. 
Now, that game really came down to early, and I we, you see it right from the beginning. If Alabama can run the ball, you're probably pretty well screwed here. And can you block Alabama's defensive line? So the the old adage and the age old, you know, since the time football started about the line of scrimmage being the whole thing, just that game in a nutshell tells you the difference between an elite, an elite group of five team, and they are, and the best program in college football over the last 10 years, right? So Alabama walks out there, and you see it instantly. You're like, I mean, I've talked about the Bama table on the Jeff Cameron show for eons, and that's when they're facing other SEC schools. That's when they're facing us in Atlanta. Like, every time I watch them line up, just step onto the field, just wearing their uniforms before they ever block anybody, before they ever rush the passer, before they ever complete a pass or execute a tackle or anything else, Every time I see Alabama, I go, there it is. Now, we also always talk about when you have back-to-back-to-back-to-back-to-back-to-back, keep going, recruiting classes that look like theirs, then the clay you're working with to mold your team is of an elite substance, elite value. Like, you, you're starting from scratch like everybody else, but what you're starting with is better than everybody else's. And when you get into games like this – even with really good corners, even with uh, an above-average quarterback, even with a good running back, all these skill position things that we talk about like they did before the Cincinnati-Alabama game. Because, look, when, when, when Alabama loses their top receiver in the game against Georgia, so he's out, you go, okay, well, it will be easier for Cincinnati, who have two very good corners, two plus corners, two NFL corners, this will be an opportunity for them. Now, can they stop the run? Because they should be able to cover if they can stop the run. Well, I mean, Robinson goes nuts, and within five minutes you went, damn. They're going to be able to get all the stops in the world early. They're going to fight like hell and try to win in the red zone. But if they can't block them and they can't run the ball and Ritter has to throw time and again and they know it's coming, this game is over. So in essence, it was a it was an it was a game that stayed close but really wasn't close. You just knew that there was no offense going to be mounted. There are three third down plays that if they convert and, and they're not batted balls at the line of scrimmage, then maybe you 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 turn this into a second half game. But it kind of played out in a way that we always fear when you get a team from outside of Power 5, but in in particular really any team that faces Alabama. Well, Alabama's an interesting bird, and, and this is where I don't know how much time you want to talk about the rematch because some people are very interested in this game and some people are not. I don't know where you stand in that, this, this championship game. I think Georgia's going to win. Just because of the, of the pizza money? or, or No, no, I think Georgia's going to win. So Alabama is all at once a team that can play it terribly down to their competition. You see it's, Auburn, see LSU, see Florida. Florida very good, yeah. yep. And I think to a degree maybe this game a little bit defensively speaking. Uh, but they're also a team that can make Georgia look like nobody else can make Georgia look. So that's what that's the intrigue of this game. Mm-hmm. But to me, the, the moment that this game was over was because of Cincinnati's arrogance. Not anybody else's. Cincinnati has the long drive to start the second half, and they settle for three. They don't know what they're up against. They don't realize the moment. That six points in that moment is not going to cut it. You don't have that many chances that close to the end zone. You need to be at 10 or 3 at the end of this drive, and that's the win or loss. There's no way you're going to hold Alabama down to three or seven points for the entirety of a half. I agree. That to me was I the agree. moment that the game changed. You don't understand. You're not reading the room properly. I think it changed in the first quarter when we began to see the rushing lanes 
for Alabama and for Robinson. I was like, okay, well, you know, they may not sustain a bunch of drives here now, but they will in the third quarter. They will in the fourth quarter. The crazy thing about the Michigan-Georgia game was both teams played a six-man front. Georgia, didn't matter. Their six-man front was going to dominate. They were going to be able to stop Michigan. They could spread out all these safeties and, and defensive backs anywhere else they wanted to. Michigan ran the six-man front, and Georgia could have ran it right down their throat between the tackles all night. They didn't. That was the one thing that would concern me about saying that Georgia definitively is going to win. You have it right in front of you because I had the All-22 on, the, yeah, me that too. particular channel. Not the spider camp, but the All-22. I'm going, oh, my God. It's just run it right up the middle every damn play. You're going to gain eight yards. This is going to be embarrassing. And they tried the little trick plays and, and play actions but and reverses remember, and all kinds of weird stuff. I think I know why. I think I know why. You're right. They knew they could return to the run anytime they wanted. So that's there. They see the same thing you're seeing. They can hear it. They're talking about it upstairs. Like, we got this. If we need to run it, we'll run the ball. Who needed to repair his psyche? Stetson Bennett. He had to find a way to make plays against a defense that has definitively been very, very good against everybody all year long, save for the fourth quarter against Michigan State. That's fair. So you think they're openly working on things I, in a playoff setting? That's, how, that's yeah. how dismissive after the first quarter they could be against Michigan. That's when they knew we, this is open for business anytime yeah. we want. Yeah, that's, so, a, that's a bad quarter. <laughs> oh, it's a tough, that's it's a, a toughie. So I thought, honestly, that when they knew we can go back to this anytime we want, we got to get this guy right. We got to get him here. We got to get him right. And they did, and he made throws, and he made plays. There's no way that kid, we talk about all the time, Tom. So your boy's out here throwing 88 top in and not locating. I went 0 for 5 with three strikeouts the last game. He serves that nonsense up on a platter, and I hit a two-run bomb. It doesn't matter why. I feel good the next time I stand in the box. Stetson Bennett's going to feel good when they go onto that field. I really think so. Now, could be beaten out of him pretty quickly. Could be the old Mike Tyson. Everybody's got a plan until they get punched in the mouth. Could. Could be. But I have to get him in the right headspace before we ever take the field. He's got to believe that he can operate from the pocket, make plays with his receivers against a good defense. And he... He knows Michigan's defense is good, and he knows he did something. You could see it. He was brimming with confidence by the end of that game. That Once that first quarter played out the way it did, I think they that was the modus operandi. And I, they could have gone back to the run, and they did. They did. I mean, once they got the lead, they could kind of do that anyhow. I mean, Cook could have run for freaking 300 yards. That's correct. You know what's, what's interesting in, in watching those games, especially because the second one was the worst football game in terms of being contested? I got melancholy again about college football. And I understand that it had a great Saturday. The sport had a great Saturday, mm-hmm. a lot of entertaining games. Those games are meaningless. And and yeah. we all feel it. We all feel yeah. it. It's like, why are there games the day after the playoff? This doesn't feel – it should be the other way around. Like, But that's because the Rose Bowl is stubborn about when they – But uh, Yeah, and I wish they would do reconfigure that as well. I enjoyed the games. I watched. There were a few really compelling games. But here's where I get a little bit sad in the long term because I, I'm – unless – and, and I, I really hope – somewhat believe out of necessity that there's going to be reform to the transfer system and to the recruiting system this summer like now there I, has to be so you're worried about the bigger picture of college football and there's no doubt that that is the collective mindset of college football bowl watchers this year i can't tell you how many people i ran into that are about to say exactly what you or did say what you're about to say because i felt it too the weight of this seismic shift and the uncertainty now we don't like change people don't in general in really any walk of life so some of it is just this overwhelming foreboding that we create in our minds but some of it is tangible it is a real thing this idea that you don't have a kid who you have 
<laughs> this idea right. that that things don't work out for five, six, seven, eight guys, they're going to walk away. The opt-outs don't help that. So, like, the players woke up a while ago with so much money on the line. It really kind of all started with McCaffrey at Stanford when he decided, I'm not going to play in the Rose Bowl. The precious Rose Bowl. I'm not going to play in it. When they, you know, so that, that the, the, the idea of that, people thought, no, no, no chance that it's ever going to happen. Well, when people started doing that, we thought, oh, it's just a few guys here or there. But remember, those of us who could read the tea leaves were like, no, no, man, this is just the beginning. Because once it becomes accepted by other players and coaches yeah. as a thing, then it's going to be chose. Well, you'll have opt-outs for transfers, too. That's the thing. It's not just about the yeah, NFL. Yeah, it's yeah. about, you know, I want to go somewhere else. And so I'm going to opt out, and it's going to seem strange. But then the next thing you know, there's going to be a graphic with me saying committed to this other school. Now, I'm not about to agree with Herb Street and that dumb take that he had on, on the dais. Um, was that New Year's Eve or New Year's Day? I think it was New Year's Day but before, before the Rose Bowl. He and Desmond go on this rant about how you know players don't love the game like they used to. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, <laughs> as he gets older, his his takes get dumber and dumber, and it's like warp speed. It's I thought John Smoltz was fast from like you know yeah. the guy yeah. to what the hell. But what I'm worried about, like the argument of it's the same five teams. That's old. That's an old argument. The new one is all right. Do you think Stetson Bennett is the quarterback at Georgia next year? Do you think he's good enough to win a title for him next year, and, and he should be the guy that they circle the wagons around? Because if you don't, and if Kirby doesn't, maybe they have a silent agreement somewhere else with another kid who's not in the transfer portal yet. Right. And they've already had communications to say, you're the best kid on, on the free agent market. We're going to bring you in next year and right. fill the hole well, with an active great... college football player. Oh, I think, that's going, I think that's going on. I that's, believe that's already happening. Because we, we see it as an advantage yes. to speed up the process here at Florida State from five wins to maybe eight. You know, and, and that, that's maybe well, right the now, for the schedule. Be, right now it benefits Florida State and behooves us to properly utilize a system that we don't like. So fans are grateful that we're able to go out and bring in these receivers. Right. That we're able to bring in any of these guys, which you know about Bless Harris. We're, we're, we, all of these guys we get excited about because we have major holes to fill, and this is the only avenue by which we can accelerate the process. Well, and but we, we don't like what it represents. Well, and we discussed how would you rather have a three-star maybe or a kid who's already played a year in college and now you have two or three years out of a kid who's mm-hmm. already mm-hmm. been at the level. Like, what is the surer thing to take and what can help you well, more? I, it's the kid who's currently in college, but we think it benefits us, and it does right, right now. Right now it does. But it benefits the big dogs more than anybody else because they tell you, hi, Kirby Smart, Georgia, we need a quarterback. We think your ass belongs in Athens. Right. Wouldn't you agree? Like, that's what I get worried about is I see major holes for these programs. I'm thinking they don't even have to go recruit high school kids. Oh, they can but get the, the best counter- kid on the transfer portal. Of market. course, but the counter to that, too, is that a lot of the lesser schools can get a disgruntled kid who's a backup at those major schools when they stockpile town. There's, you know, at some point, diminishing returns, you can only have so many starters. So, so guys who want to be a starter, were promised to be a starter, are going to go find their way to other institutions. Also, by the way, other people can play the transfer portal game and or incentivize, you know, going to K-State. Sure. You know, things like that that never existed before because now of the new rules and the availability of NIL. I get that. I just, I I think I fell for it. Initially, I thought that this one-time free transfer thing, right? You know, the NCAA says, all right, you get a freebie. You don't have to sit for a year. So now you can just pretty much overnight switch uniforms and go play for somebody else. Even within your own conference and your division and your state, all that Mm -hmm. stuff. Initially, I thought, well, that helps us right now at a time more than it helps the big dogs. I, I don't think so. I don't think so. Because if you, let's just say if you're Alabama 
and you lose your top few running backs. Like they did. They they got the the Gibbs kid from Georgia Tech. Mm-hmm. You're going to get the best kid in the transfer portal. They might even call you before they officially put their name in it and see what well, I what you think about me. But that's what I thought was going on anyhow. Now all of this underhanded stuff, a lot of the underhanded stuff that we're seeing now come to the come to light is stuff that was already happening, only it's on the table. Now it's just out there in the open for everybody to see. It was the Jimbo official diatribe where he was talking about it. By the way, two more five stars for him. But so Yes, ultimately. Look, man, if they really want to extrapolate this out, you, you, you want to talk about programs that have a chance to win? So if, if we're at a place where uh, Travis Hunter could end up at Jackson State, right, and let's just start seeing other teams, just any team, any program, throw their name in the hat to change, to shift the perception of who they are and what it represents to go play for them. Could be any school. That's not considered part of the elite or doesn't have the cachet. All right, well, if we're really talking about with endless cachets, endless funds, then we're talking about the oldest, richest, most prestigious universities in the country. Well, if they decide they want to play big boy football and that this is the way it's going to work, everybody's a free agent, everybody can be bought, and now it's all above board, Harvard should win a lot of national championships. Harvard. Can't run out of money. Billions and billions. They ought to win a national championship soon. Just go pay for everybody. Stanford ought to never lose again. Do you know how many trillionaires that have donated to Stanford? They've got more money than God. Better never lose another game. If all these other pro- if it's going to be about that, Notre Dame should never lose either. Wave your academic rigors and go win championships. Go do it. Go ahead. Because now if it's all about money... Plenty of people have more money than Alabama. Yes, this this is true. The one thing, I and I agree, obviously Jimbo knows better than anybody, that things happen behind the scenes, under the table, you know, what have you. And he can joke about that now. But what it does is it legitimizes the practice of those things happening. So you don't have to find the one booster who's down. Yeah, gets yeah, it. yeah. Now, any booster can do it. You can go to any booster at any corporation to make it happen. Yeah, I also think that, what you started with here is what I want to return to now, which is that the reforms are coming because there's been an overcorrection. We're all for players getting money. We've said that for a very long time. The free labor system is what led directly to chocolate fountains and water slides and $12 million a year head coaching salaries. All the while they said, there's not enough money to go around. And we laughed at that, right? Okay, fine. Got it. But when you overcorrect and we don't have a czar of college football and there are no rules, well, this is what happens, man. There are no rules here. You can do anything you want. And the NCAA is toothless. They can't do anything. Well, and the problem is, as you're watching another blowout in the, in the semifinals, what are you going to think about? What are you going to talk about? If you're not going to change the channel and you're going to watch the game because you love this sport, you're not thinking about the fact that you know Michigan's got six men in the box of Georgia's. What are they doing? No, you're thinking about, oh, God. Well, how, yeah. do we, how do we fix this? Well, the off season, well, what you would consider to be the second part of the end of the season, I should say, we spent way too much time talking about a coaching carousel and not about playoff teams, not about big games, not about the players in those games, not about the impact of the results of those games, not about the kids playing those games. It was about which coach was going to make this much money to go to this other place, which which program, blue blood program, would they leave to go to this other blue blood program, and what were they being offered to do so? And college football gets hurt if we're not going to talk about the games and the players who play the games. So they, there are a lot of things they've got to factor in, and we, we know this gets 
pretty complicated. I do think there will be adjustments, but not until there's real leadership in college football. And if you don't have a czar that is an agreed-upon authoritative figure, that is to say the Power Five have said, yes, we vote that guy, which means we're going to listen to him, as opposed to a guy that's appointed. Like, we've decided this guy meets all of our requirements and understands our interests, and we're going to listen to him. Because for years, just think about what the NCAA is. It's an agreed-upon disciplinary committee, in essence, right? All the universities said, because they have no legal power, all the universities went, yeah, okay, well, we'll abide by that, until they didn't, until they went, no, no, we're not going to do that. And then the courts told them, yeah, really, you don't have... You have no real authority. You can't do what you want to do. So these guys are free to tell you to pound sand. And they did. So the question is, when do you find that person? Who is that person? And when does Lou Holtz begin his tenure <laughs> as the czar of college football? I, oh, my God. Can you imagine that? Damn near death they trot him out there. Jeff Cameron, show 93.3 Real Talk Radio, War Chant TV. Well, I don't get the brain cold. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Jeff Cameron Show, first of the new year. Happy New Year, everybody! What are your plans? What's your what's your what's your hope? For Florida State football, is it too early? January the 3rd to be asking yourself, what is a reasonable expectation for Florida State football? It's tough because you want to see all these transfers in spring. You want to see what they actually look like, how they play, and that's going to help inform the choice, right? Yeah, it's it's, it's very difficult uh, to kind of get a a common sense, fair-minded expectation coming off the season. Look. You, if you want to start on the extremes, you'll you'll start with they have to have a winning season. That's fair. I think that grace period that some are more willing to give than others. I think if you have a fair-minded approach and take a look at the total picture of uh, Norvell's time here, then you would be more apt to have said, okay, you, you've had the grace period that I would agree was fair, but it stops now. Now now we have to now others might say, oh no, no, no. When we talk about a total rebuild, we talk about a five year rebuild. Well, okay, but at some point within the five years you have to have a winning season. So I think you would start to I think most would probably, if we're looking for a landing spot. I'm not talking about the ones that did it in year one or early in year two. I'm saying like if we if we had to have a landing spot where you'd feel comfortable saying you've got enough time and resources to go out and win six games or seven games next year, 
next year would be the one. That'd be the one that most percentage-wise people would agree upon. Yeah, yeah, I think so. The problem is our, our out-of-conference schedule, largely speaking, features LSU. It, it's tough and you know, in general, the next few years. Now we do open with Duquesne in the middle of August. That's just a free win against a team that you should right. never play. You might be able to ambush LSU because they're changing systems. I mean, they're, they're not going to keep what they were doing before. They do have better personnel. They've but, got better personnel across the board. But you might have, well, but you might also have with this uh, influx of transfers, and that's where it's spring is going to be critical to, to view that. To make the judgment. That your starting group is not terribly, you know, at a disadvantage compared to LSU. Maybe it is at a disadvantage, but it's not a whitewashing, right? That would be the thing that we're trying to learn in spring camp. I could tell you that of the kids that have switched sides and said that they're a knoll now over the break, the Johnny Wilson signing out of six Arizona foot State. Six foot six? Uh, six foot seven, potentially, as well. I think that's what Arizona State had him as. He loves to block. He well, can run around a 4-5. There's like, you know, it, it, how the internet happens. There's chatter. He runs a 4-4. Four, four, whatever it is. If he's fast for that size and he loves to block, this offense is perfect for you. Well, he does love to block, and there's video evidence of him doing so oh, at correct. a place that he's leaving. So that is tangible. That is bona fide. That's not a wish for. That is not, I think he can become this. It's, no, he does that. We've seen it at the Power 5 level. We've watched him block guys 30 yards downfield. That's why you're excited about him. That's why I'm excited about him. I'm more excited about him than Micah Pittman. I'm, more ex- I'm certainly more excited about him than I am uh, Deuce Span. I This is, that's the guy. Johnny Wilson's the guy that I went, okay, you have my attention. Because he's a real receiver, he's six foot seven and he loves to block, and we know he can you know, we know he can catch the football. So that that there you go. Well, next up is who is going to be developing these receivers? Now that's a question for the immediate. We should be getting an answer on that in the next week, mm. I would think. Mm-hmm. Florida State has availabilities tomorrow and Wednesday for Alex Atkins and Tony Tokars. I forget which which person goes when. But if you're starting to roll out your new hires for media availabilities, and obviously these are promotions, not hires from the outside, one would think that you're going to be filling out your staff, announcing extensions or announcing and saying thank you for your time and we're bringing somebody else in. So who is going to be developing these receivers because you've got better clay to work with, to, to call back to your Alabama example. Mm-hmm. Is it Alabama level clay? No. But no. is it much better than what we've had? Yes. At three different players, because Deuce Span gets really interesting as a one or two year project, but he's already got the burning speed that a safety will have to account for him. You can now start to see other things developing, other other pages of this playbook coming to life. Yeah, next that season. that is the hope. The man has caught five passes in college football. I'm not going to get elated about that. I'm going to wait and see what he becomes. How polished is he? He went there as a quarterback, Illinois. That is. He's caught five passes in college football. I'm not going to jump for joy about that. I love speed. Speed's upside. Anytime you have speed, you know that's not something you can teach. Good, 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 good to know you're fast. The other two, much more interested in, in particular, Wilson. Uh, if you think about what we've added to the list here, Caden Lyles, the offensive lineman from Wisconsin, good job. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to apply to Caden Lyles what I did to Dylan Gibbons, which is, you were recruited to a place where they have an abundance of very successful offensive linemen, which means at the very least coming out of high school, you had that kind of potential to be recruited by programs that have consistently produced NFL linemen. Probably means, by default, you're one of the best we're going to have the day you arrive on campus. And I said that about Dylan Gibbons, and that hence the argument that Ira and I had with Corey, but... We said, even though Dylan's a backup, he 
he got recruited to play offensive line at Notre Dame. All they do is produce NFL talent. He's got to be good. And he was our best lineman this year. So maybe Caden Lyles has that kind of an impact. I certainly hope so. Bless Harris, which you know about Bless Harris. I just hope he's good because I want to say that as often as possible. Yeah, hopefully he's, he's in your top seven rotation. Yeah, right? Yeah, you know, yeah, it's yeah, like, yeah. It's oh, he came in for a couple snaps. Mm-hmm. All right, there you go, Bless. Yeah. Uh, Greedy Vance we've seen play. We know Greedy Vance. So, okay, fine. Uh, and, you know, we, we talked about Pittman. I, I don't know what to think of Pittman. I, uh, the, the pedigree's great. I would assume that, that there's real upside there. I don't know what happened at Oregon in terms of you know, turn your back on your team or not, whatever you want to say what that is. I'll judge him spring. We'll see what that is. Right. Um, but you just, with how vertic- or, sorry, horizontal this passing game is. With the screens, yeah, not that, that you that you break, but it can be now. As you've got a couple of guys that <laughs> yeah. might be able to, yeah. you know, win a one on one. But now those screens that were dead in the water, without Jordan being, you know, uh, just Superman, making two or three guys miss and then fire the ball. Like you could legit throw a bubble now. You could legit throw a tunnel. Yeah, yeah, yeah because, because you've got a guy like that. You got more right. than one guy that's willing to block. I mean, we had some guys. Yeah, McLean was good. McLean yes, cared yeah, uh, to block. He that's the best thing that Kentron did. Oh, without question. Kentron was all right at blocking. Yeah, he was. But think about that now. Okay, so you put, let's just say, Kentron with Johnny. McLean's on the other side with Pittman, and you've got a five-wide look. You can go to the left with Span or, or Ja'Kai Douglas or whoever you want, and you feel like you might actually win that play. You might actually seal a couple of blocks, make one guy miss, gain of eight, gain of 12, whatever it is. And it doesn't have to be that Jordan made three dudes miss or you run the zone read or read option game that gets Jordan hit. Okay, now you're adding to the plays that Jordan is likely not injured. See how this all these, these dominoes fall. This is beautiful. I gotta. I, I want to ask you my original point to start the segment. It's it's at the very least our base understanding of expectation for the season is that you do not have a losing record. Yes, yes, yes. because that includes I, six yes. and six. Yes, yes, yes. Okay. yeah, because the defensive line is going to be worse. That's oh well, it always was. I mean, we yeah, knew that. I mean, so much so that you might be you might be markedly better on offense, and who knows? You can't get off the field on third down. Yeah. Well, let's see. We're not done. We're not done bringing guys in on that defense line. Well, that rising spear program. Now's the time. Let's let's find a dude. Uh, it's the new year. You're thinking to yourself, "I really let myself go at the end of last year. The heavy season just killed me." Don't worry about it. The heavy season kills all of us. I've always called football season the heavy season. You can't help yourself. Wings are good. Hanging out with friends and having cold beers while I watch football doesn't suck. The wings aren't necessarily bad. It's just the tubs of ranch that and blue cheese. Or blue cheese, yeah, yeah, yeah. whatever it might be, whatever your paradise is. So, you know, I got it. The wings are good. Sometimes you sprinkle in some fries with those wings, and you're going to wash it down. Tall, cold Budweiser. So the point would be, at that point, you think season over, got to get it together. Got to drop the 15 that I gained during the heavy season. Orange Theory Fitness, first class is free. I go there. That should be enough for you. Orange Theory Fitness, there's one on Thomasville Road. There's also one in Village Square Boulevard. So either way, make it happen. Go check them out. Give them a call today, 850-210-0503. Find out more about what I'm talking about. It's not as intimidating as you think. When you get in there and you realize everybody's pulling in the same direction, that it's scientific back, so it's going to work, that that kind of interval training is used in college football, in fact. So come on, man. Come join me. Orange Theory Fitness. This episode of the Jeff Cameron Show podcast is brought to you by BetterHelp. Is there something preventing you from achieving your goals? What interferes with your happiness? 
Well, you can check out BetterHelp, H-E-L-P, dot com slash Cameron and get yourself started on the right path. We all know it. There are certain times in our life where certain things arise and we could use a trained ear. That's where BetterHelp comes into the equation. BetterHelp is not a crisis line. It is not self-help. But what it is, is professional counseling done securely online. You can get started communicating with BetterHelp's counselors in under 48 hours, and you can send a message to your counselor anytime. You'll get timely and thoughtful responses, plus you can schedule weekly video or phone sessions. They're good with either. BetterHelp has licensed professional counselors who are specialized in everything from depression, stress, and anxiety to sleeping issues. So if you want to start living a happier life today, as a listener, you'll get 10% off your first month by visiting our sponsor, BetterHelp.com slash Cameron. BetterHelp.com slash Cameron. Join over 1 million people who have taken the courageous step and taken charge of their own mental health. Again, that's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P.com slash Cameron. Standing in the middle of nowhere Wondering how to begin Lost between going tomorrow the, and yesterday the kinks. Which is always a good thing. This was the uh, the soundtrack to one of our best uh, montages ever. Probably the best. It's a fun one. That one. Uh, that was That's really exciting. Duke ACC Championship. Oddly enough, so for a game that was probably least interesting out of that whole run in 2013, that was the best montage. But I agree. It's up there with the ding ding. I really like the ding ding with the uh, New York Brooklyn State of Mind with Jay Z. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was good. Yeah, yeah. Well. I think we've got an agreed-upon basis here on January the 3rd for what we're operating under heading into next season. Now the trick is to get us from now until the spring game. You don't have to, you don't have to project ahead to the start of the season in the big Duquesne matchup, but rather you have to project ahead to the spring game, which we were already excited about and have been lately because there have been so many new faces, and this year will be no different. I think, yeah, the best thing that ever happened to spring football coverage is the transfer portal. It is the best thing that ever happened to spring <laughs> There's football There's turnover by far. an extra 5 to 10% of your roster. It's insane. Like, who's that kid? That's one of the transfers. Okay. Yeah, that's uh, it's true. I think, um, I, I, I think that for Florida State, again, they're not even close to done, right? How many more players do you think they'll add in the transfer portal? At least five more. I was going to say five, bare yeah. minimum. Yeah, easily. And that's, again, you know... The hard part is from here on out, unless something happens like today or tomorrow, you know, that you can't enroll them for this semester. I think maybe Ad Drop goes through Friday. Mm-hmm. I forget. It's been 15 it's years. Been a long time. But, yeah, if Ad Drop goes through this Friday, then maybe you have this entire week to get somebody here on campus and good to go for spring football. But, I mean, Michael said this for Warchant weeks ago, months ago. This is not over till the summer. Remember, Dylan Gibbons was basically a summer addition. Yeah, yes. And so, he came in. He was out of shape. I was appalled. <laughs> As you recall, it was the very first thing I said to you. I went, my God, just get it together, young man. Unlike Kelvin Benjamin, who came in in the worst shape I've ever seen. (laughs) Now, he's a freshman. He looked like an NFL tight end who was overweight. Yes. For an NFL tight end. He had the Carmelo Anthony potbelly going, too. I was like, oh, no, he's not playing this year. The greatest. But Dylan worked himself into shape. He was forced to because we don't have a depth chart, but he got himself going there. By week three. Yeah. Um I would I would say this, Tom. The greatest in shape, out of shape, in shape, out of shape watch of all time is 
one Jameis Winston from football to baseball. Always the best. It was a stuff your face smorgasbord after every NFL. I mean, after every season, yeah. yep. he would take the hill for Florida State baseball, and we'd go, "Oh my God, my man's two eighty. He, he would go <laughs> from like, you know, quarterback, you know, kind of a, a strong jawline, not yeah. like Ponder. Ponder was a, you know, like a, a yeah. statue. But uh, and then oh, and then was, you'd have like the uh, the goatee that kind of sticks out, just like a little poof, yeah, and like the neck. Rolls, the neck, yeah, neck rolls. <laughs> yeah. and the pants were always too tight. And the belly would be hanging over yep, the pants. Yep, as he's doing the robot walking by for the pregame and throwing ninety-two <laughs> mile per hour sliders. Oh, yeah, it's insane. At ninety-two, with those baseballs with the high seams too, so it would have been a ninety-five with the current baseball they have. In, yeah, in college? He, he was absurd. I would. I remember one time. I don't think Meat will be upset with me talking about this. Uh, I remember one time I I called Mike Martin Jr. and I said, "Hey, man." I know, I know you guys are going to be asking James to drop some LBs. What, what's he at right now? He's like, well, we're working on it. And I go, well, what's he at? I wanted to know what he was at. And he's like, well, I, and we're working on him. We're, we're getting him there. We get, you know, we're, we're talking him. about Jameis Winston. And I said, come on, man, it's me. I think the period, uh, you know, has got, enough time has gone by that I can, I can say. He was, he was coming in there for baseball like 260. Now, he's a huge dude. Right, yeah. James is a big dude, that, that, and you really don't realize how big James is till you stand next to him. Like I stood next to him down there in Tampa uh, at, at Legacy Field uh, or Legion. What, it's Legacy Field, is it? Yeah, Yankees, Steinbrenner now. Whatever. They call what, Steinbrenner. Yeah. Yeah. So it used when, to be Legends Field. Legends Field. I said Legacy. Listen to me. So yeah, when I was down there, I hate the Yankees. So when I was down there, they were playing the Yankees in that game and in, in the exhibition game, and and you stand next to him in a locker room, like and you realize, oh, that's a big damn dude. He's he's lean as hell now, but but still he's he's, he's still wide big. enough that he that like in yeah, defensive ends if you don't square him up they'll bounce off of him even still oh yeah no he's big yeah. he's strong well he gets out of yeah yes. no two sixty feels actually kind of generous no I think two, I think he was two sixty two sixty five he was <laughs> <laughs> getting his Levon Hernandez on <laughs> <laughs> a lot of power behind this slider. Coming your way. You know what, though? That's one thing I noticed yesterday in the Under Armour game that I really liked was A.J. Duffy does not look like a wiry kid who is going to no. take two years in the weight room to get him to where he can take a college football punishment. That's the other, you know, he looks more fluid than I thought he would. I don't think he's a finished product by any means. No, not even Josh close. Storms will go to work on him. But he doesn't look like a toothpick. A lot of times you get four stars and five stars to come and you go, oh, God, the kid's a toothpick. They're going to break him in half. He looks like he could take a hit if he has to. Yeah, and he's not going to play next year, so it's not going to matter. It's, it, it's not going to matter. They got plenty of time. He's he's a bigger kid. I just you know, if you think what happened, I mean, going back to Chuba, like the first thing that happened was that dude came in and got hurt. But he looked a little bit more like a toothpick, even this year in camp when you interview him. Like, man, this offensive line, I don't know. Uh, yeah, gonna, well, at least he could move. You're going to take a lot, but yeah, that body's going to take that. No, I don't know. I don't think they can take that kind of punishment. Tests have confirmed, unfortunately, Dallas Cowboys wide receiver Michael Gallup. Torn ACL in the left knee there. That is confirmed this afternoon. That stinks. That's uh, insult to injury or injury to insult because they lost to the Arizona Cardinals with an offense that looked a little shaky. That was such a weird play, too. Mm -hmm. It wasn't like a plant leg he got rolled up on or anything like that. He was just running a route, catches the touchdown. He lands on it weird, but there's nothing apparent that shows yeah. that this is the moment. But when he grabbed for the leg, you go, oh, geez. By the, way, by the way, is it not abundantly clear to you and everybody else with eyes that Tony Pollard is a much better running back 
Oh, it's been, Ezekiel Elliott. What are we waiting on? Why that, do they keep doing this? That was like a groundswell movement in in September amongst Cowboys fans. But, just, but watch, then, just watching the games casually, you're like, this isn't even close. Zeke's not right. So it's funny as Matthew and I were talking about the playoff tree because now he's a part of it. You know, the, the Eagles are in there. Welcome in, buddy. And I thought uh, I was telling him about the scenarios of how you've got Rams and 49ers, and that's a big game for you know the top four seeds in the NFC. And then Saturday night, because now there are two games on Saturday this weekend, and Saturday night is Eagles and Cowboys. And I told him, you know, I think I'd I, even if it means we're at the three, the Buccaneers, I'd kind of want to stay at the three if that keeps L.A. at the two. You don't want to play Dallas because here's what Dallas will do against the Bucks. They're not going to try and run. So, no, therefore, they're going to be better. Eight times. Therefore, they're going to be a much times. better offense because they're not going to pound their head against the wall saying Zeke can get it when he can't. No, he can't for sure. Um I would also just say this, by the way. I'm so glad, and then we'll go to break. I'm so glad that it worked out for the Bengals, but Zach Taylor could have been sued for coaching malpractice. Uh, what are we doing? Fourth and one from the one going for You need a field goal to win. 45 seconds. What are you doing? If he doesn't get bailed out with a penalty there and they don't score and lose, and over, what is he doing? No, you can't treat your defense like they're children. 40 seconds. They Kansas City would have got the ball back with less than 40 seconds to play. You can't hold somebody for, okay. for, for 38 seconds? Well, let me ask you this. And then, How did you feel about Bruce going for two? Oh, I was fine with that. You're okay with that? Because we gave up a long kickoff return the last time we took a lead late. Remember mm-hmm. that? And we've been terrible about that. And they would have only needed a field goal to tie. So I figured this but way. For was, the tie. you know, like Don't you think you're going to win it over? Okay. All right. I, no. I hear you there. But on the Cincinnati thing, I was – Okay with it until no. they're calling fades and they're in the gun. What is that? No, exactly. But they also tried to sneak and got stuff. They also tried. They got bailed out twice. One of them was a penalty. The other one was not. That the one on the head. Oh, that's yeah. nonsense. Let's play football out here. Stop that nonsense. I, I felt bad for them, and I hate the Chiefs. I don't hate the Chiefs, but I was going to say the Yankees, the Chiefs. No, I don't. I don't hate. A lot the of hate I, it's not here. true. I don't hate the Chiefs. I had to temporarily hate the Chiefs while we were playing them in the Super Bowl, and I guess there's a hangover. But <laughs> I lasted ten minutes. That game was over. Well, I know it was over pretty quick. Really, really, it's I, I hate Tyreek Hill. But so the point is, I just you kick that field goal there, and you make a stop on the kickoff return, or you kick it out of the end zone, and they've got 38 seconds. Now I know Superman's on the other side, but the entire second half they couldn't move the ball. You don't do it. You, you, you don't, you <laughs> That's don't do funny. It. You just don't so do it. Your, your Florida room was quite loud yesterday. I just couldn't believe it. I was like, what are you doing, yeah. my man? Yeah, you have got tell. to take the lead there. That one got to you. Well, it bothered me. I, it just That didn't make any sense. You could you can, you score there. They're going to get the ball back with under 40 seconds. If it's a minute plus, yeah, maybe I'm working on you a little bit there. I can maybe see it there. You screw it. We're going to go for it here and win it. Third, third. Uh, Probably about 40 seconds at most. Ooh, that's tough. What is Patrick Mahomes' skills worth to you in terms of yardage versus time I'm on the I'm in clock, a dime. You know? I'm keeping it all in front of me. They don't have time. I don't know, man. I, in that weather, you, you're going to have to get close to kick a field goal. I don't think so. I, I'm, I'm kicking that field goal. I just was nervous for him because I like him overall. I like that team. I like what they've accomplished. I like Joe Burrow a lot, who, by the way, 
I mean, again, of all the young quarterbacks, if you're sitting there just looking at guys, you think, this projects nicely. How about my man throwing for over 500 yards a week ago and then goes 30 of 39 for 446 the next week? Against a defense that doesn't give that up. Who hasn't been giving it up. My man's got 36 touchdowns and 4,631 yards passing the year after having a devastating knee injury. No, he's, he's a freak. This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. Come back, wrap it up momentarily, Jeff Cameron Show. So if you want to queue it up, brother, I've got it. I've got a game for tonight that you're going to want to pick. Uh, also, this brought to you by our friends at North Florida Payroll Services, locally owned for nearly 15 years, offering payroll and HR services, including full online applicant onboarding and integration into payroll. Save your company money and headaches today. Head to NorthFloridaPayroll.com. Hey, Big Daddy, having some red Russians tonight? We'll know in about 47 seconds. Into an open wing. It's picked up by Dowdy, an empty net. He scores. Hot damn. Big Daddy's done it again. Red Russians all around, Teddy. All right, Big Daddy. At the time that I jumped on it, I got Iowa minus eight over Maryland tonight, college basketball. I think it's moved to nine. That's fine. Lay the nine. Take Iowa giving the nine to Maryland. Uh, NHL, Tom, anything from you, sir? Yeah, the Rangers are playing really good hockey right now. You know who's not? The Lightning. That's correct. Uh, The Rangers have taken the Lightning down two times in a row. Four to three and four to nothing. And it's Edmonton in the garden tonight. Rangers have a good uh, goaltender tandem, so Mm -hmm. I would trust them. Rangers straight up money line to beat Edmonton. You can get it at plus 110 right now. I feel like that's a value. Uh, I got a look ahead for you as well, by the way. I would... um Eh, I'll save it. I'm not going to touch it. I, I I feel pretty good about the 49ers plus five and a half against the Rams. Okay. I feel pretty I like good that. about that. I do too. I like that. That's a little look at headline. Well, me. the Rams haven't beaten them in five attempts, I think it's it is. It's a bad matchup. Bad matchup for them. How cool is it? We didn't get a chance to talk about it, but I love Raiders Chargers to get into the playoffs. That's what you do, everybody. What a win for the Raiders on the road. That was an eye-opening victory. It's a huge victory. Yeah. And then you've got these two teams who used to be you know, miles apart, hate each other, for the chance to go to the playoffs. Great game. I'd really hate to see the Chargers uniforms not make it to the postseason. I just wish that division had its own little tournament after Week 18 that we could watch <laughs> the next weekend because it's entertaining. I mean, like I know that Denver's had health issues at the quarterback position in the last three, four weeks, but still, that was a great division this year. Just a lot of fun to watch every week. I agree. I agree. Uh, college basketball bets throughout the week on the College Sportsbook. I'll have some for you uh, coming up, so you'll want to check that, like, and subscribe to the College Sportsbook. Good job, Tom Lang. Good job, Matthew. That was fun. Today was good. Good to be back. It felt weird. That's how long it's been, right? You know you know if it feels like a fish-out-of-water thing that uh, you, you've been out of the studio for a little while. Well, you have a lot of buttons to push. I just jumped back on my horse and was good to go. It's the den lighting. I feel like that's the number one winner today. The den lighting wins. Everybody yeah. loved the den Not lighting. Not just preservation financial, but, but the den lighting. I even got a text from Jamie. She said, man, the lighting's good today. The lighting like, yeah, looks good, I doesn't know. it? Yeah, it really brings out the best of me. 
<laughs> you need that backlighting. Uh, I got to answer that question, Chris. Later on, I'll do it. I'll do it. We'll get. He asked a question about. Um, by the way, uh, that had nothing to do with AB's bonuses. Uh, he didn't want to go back out there because his foot was sore. He was told to go back out there. He wouldn't go. But that's a popular narrative. Good work out of you. Good work, Matthew, as well. Be good, everybody.